Welcome back to Podcast 21 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Icebreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 30% off Shot Quality, please visit Shot Quality Bets and use the promo code ODDS23. Get a new perspective in handicapping March Madness. If you'd like to support The Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com. Click shop and become a member. Pick any. For winning cappers, to get their premium plays for the line moves, you can also support us on Patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Asbergers and become a free picks and Telegram newsletter subscriber. The madness continues, my friends, with Justin Perry as our great guest from Shot Quality Bets. We're going to discuss all the Friday games and more coming up for the NCAA tournament. Before... Justin comes on. I want to remind you of our bracket challenge at theoddsbreakers.com. Just visit the oddsbreakers. It's on the front page of our NCAA bracket challenge. Just click on the link at CBS Sports, fill out your bracket, retweet the podcast, or write a five star review if you haven't. Send a screenshot to info at theoddsbreakers.com to qualify for 500 bucks worth of prizes. And I'm already seeing the screenshots rolling in from you guys odds breakers faithful listeners thank you guys for everything you do for our website and our show i also want to remind everybody that baseball is back by next week we are going to have our packages down for the baseball season from some of the sharpest cappers at the odds breakers. So if you are a baseball fan and need some extra oomph on your summer pastime, please feel free to visit theoddsbreakers.com. Click on premium cappers and you will see what we have to offer for the baseball season. Any new memberships throughout the end of March gets a free odds breakers polo golf shirt. And I'm not talking about the cotton. We're talking about the good material to keep you cool in the hot summer months on the golf course or, of course, at church or anywhere else you want to bring your Odds Breakers polo. So feel free to check that out at theoddsbreakers.com. Well, we have a lot to talk about in a huge slate of March Madness games. Without further ado, let's bring on our great guest from Shot Quality Bets, Mr. Justin Perry. Now, I'm very excited to bring back a college basketball betting specialist in Justin Perry from Shot Quality Bets. You can follow Justin on Twitter at JustinPerry8. Justin, the madness continues into the week, my friend. How the heck you doing? Hey, dude. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I love the odds makers. I love what you guys put out. Uh, big shout out, of course, to all of you guys over there who have done a really great job. Uh, throughout the whole season, always happy to join the show. We've had a few great discussions, so really excited to jump into the bracket. How have I been doing, though? I mean, you know, I wake up and it's like, you know that that SpongeBob meme where everyone's running around because they forgot his name? Like, that's yeah. kind of how I wake up every morning. And there's just not <laughs> enough sleep. There's not enough hours. But it is really the best time of the year. Uh, I can't wait for the games to start tonight. We have, what, three or four hours from the recording time to the first four I'm fully ready to go, excited to kick my feet up and 
try to get some some peace and quiet just to watch some games. But you know, shot quality has been burning the midnight oil. We just published mm-hmm. our value bracket, which Ooh. leverages group think against shot quality percentages. And like 10 minutes ago, we dropped our custom bracket builder. Uh, so that's all really exciting. And if you want to go check that out, just, you know, shotqualitybets.com slash March Madness, baby. Custom bracket builder. Check it out. Yes, is, it, is that something that kind of gives you the percentages of maybe where some value might be to win your bracket pool more than just, you know, picking the teams that win? Exactly, exactly. So you, we have parameters like, you know, uh, experience, three-point uh, possession, like points per possession rate, three-point frequency, free throw rate, free throw percentage, recent performance, shot quality net rating. And you can move the sliders on a scale from one to 10 to create your own unique blend. And then it populates the the entire bracket for you with percentages on each game based on what you've given. So a uh, pretty cool one. Very excited about it. Something we actually had last year, a little bit under wraps, but we are giving it away for free. Anybody can go to shotqualitybets.com slash March Madness to check that out. Oh, that is cool, man. Check out the new features at Shot Quality. It's a fantastic site, not just for sports betting, of course, but for having the bracket fun, my man. And, you know, speaking of the bracket, Justin, uh, I'm asking all my guests this. How do you think the committee did in, in general seeding the tournament? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think there's a few spots where teams might be under or overseeded. Um, you know, I always love looking at like the the bracketologists, what they actually submit in you know the bracket matrix competition. Uh, that's really cool to follow along with. Feels like the committee snubbed Rutgers a little bit. Um, you know, I think that was the pick that everybody had to get into the tournament that didn't. They instead gave the spot to Nevada. It appears. I don't know how that's going to play out. We're going to see if the Mountain West continues to do well. Uh, they've beaten expectations over the last few years in the tournaments, especially you know against the spread. But a couple really interesting spots. I think Memphis is really interestingly seated, might be a little underseated. Purdue getting that really tough 8-9 game with FAU Memphis. I think that is a gauntlet over there in the East. The West is a gauntlet, and I think – you know, the two top regions, the South and the Midwest, have a little bit of an easier time for those one seeds uh, to make it over there. We'll see how that goes. But I do think uh, Alabama did not get the toughest look um, and neither did Houston. We'll see how that actually plays out. But I like some of the matchups that they're forcing on us. I think they really did find some good ways to kind of put these teams up against a, a good test. Um, I'm really excited for a couple of the big mid-majors like Oral Roberts, Montana State, some of these teams that can really like catch fire and, and beat anybody, but they're not going to have easy tasks, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be a ton of fun, man. Yeah, I mean, this West bracket, are you kidding, kidding me? Uh, you know, UCLA, which people could have thought without the one injury they could have won it all uh kansas is kansas the returning champion but i mean the three seed in gonzaga i mean there's a lot of efficiency sites that say the last month gonzaga is the number one team and then you have one of the biggest sleepers is tcu at the six seed you got yukon underseeded as a four seed (laughs) this bracket is loaded man i i feel bad for everybody in this bracket but the team that comes out i almost feel should feel like a champion as it is justin yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nuts. Uh, you know, there's there's so many options to come out of that region. Honestly, I don't even know. I haven't finished my bracket. I don't know if you you're the type of guy who does like one or multiple, but like I I'm in a bunch of different bracket groups. I haven't even 
had the chance to sit down and really start like making my personal choices. I've made my bets. So I will have some, some, I have some bets. They're probably buried on my Twitter by now with how much I've been tweeting, but uh, you know, I have some bets that have done pretty well, but, and I don't know your perspective on this, but betting is different than filling out a bracket, right? Like Way beating different. the market, those are two different markets and it might not even be a market. You might just be trying to, you know, get the perfect bracket. That's a different game than, you know, how high am I going to be ranked in the tournament challenge on ESPN overall? If you're trying to get, you know, the most leveraged position in a group of a thousand people for work at a big company, or you're in your small pool with your buddies, it's like you need to really kind of tailor your strategy, I think, to try to give yourself the best opportunity to win. I mean, the smaller your group is, the less crazy you have to go, right, to set yourself apart, kind of. Um, but no, there's there's so much going on here. I think there's some really interesting teams that can make a run. Um, but man, I've never I've never won a bracket competition, so I can't sit here and say I'm the guy who's going to help you. You know, of course, do it. I've done really well betting March Madness in in my career, but uh, you know, winning the games is is sometimes a totally different thing. And you know, that often means that underdogs are the right plays i think it's always good because the teams want to advance they aren't there to cover uh but early in the tournament there's a lot of good places to take favorites too so it's yep. it's such a whirlwind there's no one answer and i think uh something i'm making sure not to do is like constrict my view of anything by some of like the historical stuff that everyone likes to talk about which 512 are you taking uh which which 789 seeds making it like I'm the type of guy who goes completely memoryless. Like I'm, and I'm just looking at matchups. So I don't know if you're like that too, but I don't. I don't. I'm not like, oh, I need an eight seed. Oh, I need a, a one and a two in my final four. Like, let's just organically see what comes of the analysis. Yeah, I think that's huge. I will bet against a team that I might have in my final game. As a matter of fact, I'm getting close to completing my bracket. But um, I, I still wait on things. There's some serious injury news that we may or may not get. I'm guessing a lot of the injury news on Sasser for Kansas, uh, for Miami, we're probably going to get right before the game just like they do during the season. It's not nearly as controlled as like professionals are for fo like football, but even the NBA, you don't know who's going to play. I, I think that I'm getting close, but I'll have my bracket revealed tomorrow. But here's what I do, Justin. I fill out a ton of brackets. I put one Love that it. I put my stamp in. So here's the thing. If I fill out one of my side brackets and it wins, I'm not going to be like, oh, I had Gonzaga winning it. Finally, I'm the only one that picked him this year. I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be like, this is my bracket. I'm going to put it out in public. And if my other ones win, I'm just picking scenarios based upon the matchups that I think could fall like a bunch of dominoes. So it's boring to do just one because guess what? If your, guy, if your bucket's uh, bracket is busted, why would you not have fun watching it the rest of the time? Yeah, no, I mean, that's you got to make sure that you give yourself that ability to enjoy it. And I know people love like the bracket of destiny. They want that one. But, you know, it stinks when that lose you lose your champion in the fourth game when that yeah. happens. I mean, I, I think there was this one year I was going to visit a buddy. Oh, we were still in college. And I think I had like Michigan State. It might have been like the right before the turn of the decade and and they lost in like the first round pretty famously and sitting there in the car we hadn't even gotten there and my whole brackets busted and i'm like what you know this is like before i was like professionally in college basketball analysis so i'm just sitting there like 
what did I do? Like we want, we have this whole weekend like plan of watching the games. Like, all right, well I'm out. Like I lost. <laughs> so look, I don't know. Maybe, maybe make sure that your champion plays on Friday afternoon so you can enjoy the first round. <laughs> Uh, or maybe get it out of the way early so they survive. I think that's some of the that's a lot of fun with the ultimate brackets is like you really get behind teams. Uh, someone showed me Calcutta's this year, which is of course that strategy of like buying teams in like an auction draft format. I'm, I'm in one of those as well. Conglomerates, that's crazy. So I don't know. There's so much fun to be had. I think you know I always preach not betting too big. Um, because it allows you to keep a clearer mind. You want to, you know, draw back 25% from that point where you get really into it, right? So that you can still bet clearly without having too much on the line. Um, you know, getting emotional is exactly the way that you don't want to be with it. Um, you know, it's a lot more exactly. fun to stay healed. Uh, but yeah, no, I think there's a lot of great ways to have fun with it, even if you yeah. have no idea. Exactly. Don't don't that. don't fill out your bracket and use that as your betting. Uh, I, you're going to be a little path. too tied to things. It, it, you will, and then you're going to get. You should be fading the team you pick to get to the uh, elite eight or final four, just based upon the matchups themselves, uh, rather than um, you know just betting them because you kind of hope they go far. You know, you don't want to let that. It's kind of like with, when people bet futures in sports. Sometimes that ruins their thought process of the actual betting. It's completely different. My bracket was busted early last year, but we had a very good March Madness at sixty two percent. And uh, nice. kind of yeah. that's what I care about more. I care about right. the betting. Oh, yeah. I and I'm of course doing side parlays for myself. I don't give out parlays much unless it's two and they're somewhat correlated. But yeah, I'll do. I'll have a little fun money set aside just to have some you know five gamers and maybe maybe get a little crazy on one or two of them. A lot of three gamers, you know, where you get the six to one and six point five to one. That's what I really like to do, and that's that's my March Madness, and I have a ton of fun with it, and so. Can't, I love it. I love it. I hope you uh, hit that rate again for all of us. Yeah, that would be that'd be wonderful. I hope so too. But speaking of the games, let's get into some Friday games then. Yes, please. USC versus Michigan State, and Michigan State is minus two. The total is one thirty-seven point five. This game is in Columbus, Ohio. What are your thoughts on this baby? Ooh, this is a pretty interesting one here. To, I think this is the the day opener, right? The 12-15 one against Michigan State. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I don't think I actually went and made a play on this one. I feel like it's pretty close. Uh, hold on, let me just pull up what we're projecting it as. Yeah, we do have this right at the line over at Shock Quality. We're going to make it 67 to 69, which is going to put us right at 136 points and right at that minus two odds. We do have Michigan State advancing, but it's going to be close. I feel like USC has some, honestly, some a good path ahead of them if they can get out of this one, right? Like this is a big spot for USC. I think there's going to be a good amount of value here on them but i'm probably rolling with michigan state in my bracket and if i had to i think that michigan state wins this is scenarios where especially with small spreads in the tournament you can count on teams like you know not just giving up so like the way that you're not covering this spread is if like well you're not covering if michigan state wins really only if they end up like hitting a a buzzer beater down two or down one and they end up winning by one right like if they're winning and, and they have the ball, USC is going to foul and push this past one possession uh, or to at least three points, right? So I, in tournament time, if I like a team that's a short favorite, I definitely don't feel 
afraid of laying the small number. Uh, it takes a lot of you know craziness, and there is going to be plenty, but it does take that craziness to lose a small line like that on two. I would be pretty okay with them winning by one, and I'd have to eat crow, but I just think it's such a slim chance. So, yeah, I'd lay it with Michigan State before I took USC, I think, in the brackets. You're probably also going to get some pretty decent value on them. I don't think people are – I mean, look, Izzo's a great March coach. We know it. And and I would be shocked to see him lose first round, even though I told that story about how like six years ago I got burned. But we'll see how it goes. I just lost by one. One I had one and a half uh, last <laughs> last weekend. Of course, you know you think to yourself, how often is this supposed to happen? It's supposed to be less than like two uh, percent. Uh, but and that's the case. Yeah. I was like, I felt like that that was the one that got me this year. That kind of changes some things, and it pissed me off. I'm like, I get it took the money line, but you're giving up juice to that. Uh, two is the the most I want to lay because it does land on three and two a lot based upon the five. Now, now teams are smart enough to, with five seconds left, foul went up three, you know, and so. Yeah, they do. And then the team hits one free throw, tries to miss the next. The, the guy tosses it back, seconds run out. It, it, that, that happens enough, too. So the two became a little bit more popular. But I did take Sparty in saying that at one, one and a half. So I really hope that it comes through for me. I, I just think that, you know, being in Columbus, I think this is a little bit more of a home field advantage, or sorry, home mm. field, home court advantage home for, yeah. for Sparty here, you know, being in Big Ten country. Uh, you know, USC is going to be joining the Big Ten, but I don't think that they're going to be really welcomed with open arms or anything no uh, not today not not on uh, friday afternoon at least no, no not there and, and it's th- also an earlier game for them right you got to yeah. think this is a 9 a.m game for the usc uh sleep schedules i don't know if that's the biggest factor but you know we've seen early games go under before i think it could be an interesting spot for that i think that yeah michigan state comes in properly favored uh, um i think they're probably the right pick in the bracket as well. I don't know if the public's going more towards USC, but I think it's pretty split. And with that, you know, I definitely lean towards what shock quality is going to predict and what sort of makes sense in my head for how these teams match up. Um, you know, I, I, I'm looking right now at, you know, what we're seeing. We have some some interesting graphics from SQ that we, we look at sometimes. I think we just posted it on the shock quality Twitter. Um, but this, this matchup is the matchup here. It's, it's tough, man. I, I'm not. I'm not even sure what to make. Michigan State, you know, a little bit worse, a little bit better on defense than USC, but both these teams are pretty close offensively. So, uh, if the if it comes down to a pretty evenly played match, the defense for Mississippi for Michigan State should win out. But of course, a game this close, it's probably going to be which teams just shoots better, right? Which which way does the variance lean a little bit? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Michigan State not looking great on shot selection here. 349th. You know, it's just there's a lot of things that can get them. But I, I'm going to look towards the under a little bit as well. Um, you know, it, it's one of those games. It's 137 and a half, but uh, it's a bigger game. They're going to come in. Maybe I'll look at a first half under in this situation in case there is some fouling towards the end. Um, I've been pretty successful in first half unders. And I'm just going to wait on that and kind of make my decisions as a few things change, but I'm still sticking with Sparty. I would lay no more than minus two for anybody yep. listening to this podcast for about two stars. Let's move on to the next game here. We have Kennesaw State versus Xavier. And I got and I'm going in just time order here. That's what I prefer to do. I used to do rotation order, but 
Now many of the main sites are doing it by time, and I actually kind of like it because that way I know what's coming next. Uh, total is uh, 151, Xavier minus 11.5 in Greensboro, North Carolina. I mean, all I have to say about is that Xavier's got the more talent than Kennesaw, but I, I will say that Kennesaw has an offensive advantage from three-point land a little bit, and I think that's why this total is still at 151. I think that people do expect them to shoot some threes. Xavier, a very fast-paced team. They lost a little defense from injuries this year. Um, Xavier's going to score at will. Uh, the question is, will Kennesaw State be able to score enough to uh, – bring it bring it into 11 and a half i know xavier plays a lot of close games so i'm gonna pass on this game maybe if something better mm-hmm. yeah no this is actually going to be a shot quality bets official play here we make this game 83 to 65 in favor of xavier so a uh, pretty solid 18 point expected spread for us around i mean it gets a little bit more uh specific when you kind of dive right into it i can get the exact decimal number here for 17.5 points you got here uh yes we uh, do yep so a nice six points of value right in that sweet spot where it isn't you know we want at least four but we also you know it gets a little concerning sometimes when you get past 10 or 12 it's like what is the model missing what is the market missing who's missing something do i want to play a game like that sometimes i pause but Big, big advantages have done well for us this season, too. But personally, this feels correct to me uh, that Xavier has a really nice shot to come in here and, and get this done. I think they do match up pretty well against Kennesaw. Um, you know, this is not going to be an easy defensive effort uh, for them to stop Xavier. They're going to need to go, like, all out. They just they allow teams to make shots, teams that just routinely made shots against them this season. Uh, they let... Sh- teams shoot too many free throws they don't really stop them from getting the most valuable looks in the game and and xavier can use that they don't have a great rim and three rate but if kennesaw is going to allow them to get a good rim and three rate it's only going to be that much harder than the other side of the ball xavier is the 48 46th best defense by our estimations so you know they they do a pretty good job um it's not like it's spectacular, but they are going to be pretty good at shutting down the catch and shoot game that Kennesaw is going to want to, you know, get into. That's really their only hope. Kennesaw is going to have to shoot the lights out to keep this one close. And if they don't have the shooting or if Xavier is able to lock down those perimeter shots, it could be a rough day for KSU, who is like dancing for the first time ever, by the way. Right. So yeah, yeah. they were just like a two win team five years ago. They don't really have much to lose here. Even if they get dominated by Xavier by 30 points, this has still been a massive, massive success for this team who deserves to be very proud. And I think, you know, that's something that gets very interesting in terms of trying to figure out situationally, you know, are they going to be fighting tooth and nail if they're down 15 with five minutes to go? A little bit different than if it's a storied program that can't accept a loss versus Kennesaw that's just here soaking in the lights. So I don't know if that goes into my handicapping fully, but it's something interesting to consider. Yeah, they might just be happy to be here. You know, I mean, yeah. like one or two losses. This I'm happy is, to be here. Uh, today, so. that, there you go. Me too. That, that was their win. That, yeah. th- their championship was getting to the NCAA tournament. They're just going to go out there, have some fun, probably get dominated by Xavier. So it looks like a shot quality play. They have at minus 17 and a half. That's a pretty big discrepancy here, about a six-point discrepancy um right here from the spread let's move on to uc santa barbara versus baylor baylor minus 11 total 143 what are your thoughts on this one i don't know have you heard that stat that like when you lose the first round of your conference tournament you don't win the 
championship, right? Yep. So Baylor did not get out of their first round matchup. So does that mean we just have to throw them out the window? I I don't know. I mean, this is still one of the most dominant guard play teams that we've seen uh, this season. Uh, you know, some of the other big guards in this uh, side of the bracket are, you know, not going to be able to keep up. I think there's definitely some value in a bracket style competition going against Baylor at a certain point, but their, their side of the bracket's pretty interesting. You know, UC Santa Barbara likely then going to play Creighton, who's going against NC State, but that game could go either way at a 6-11 line there. Yeah. But I do think that Baylor probably gets to that second weekend. That's my feeling on Baylor. Uh, I don't know that that 10 point or so line is pretty big. Yep, you got the shot quality bets. Match a breakdown right on the stream. This is one of our premium features. Love this page. Honestly, one of my favorite things to use. I spend so much time on these, man. But yeah, I think that, you know, <laughs> what we have with UCSB is probably a team that's just not going to be able to keep up. Yeah, the conference yeah. stuff isn't going to work in the tournament, unfortunately. Right, but right, right. yeah, around eight, nine and a half points here, probably right around the line. Nothing too crazy, just that Baylor is really good on both sides. And, you know, the defense for Santa Barbara comes from a weaker conference. So while you see a lot of green, you got to remember who they manufactured that against. It's going to be very different for Baylor, who might have struggled in some areas, but struggled against the best conference in the country. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Baylor run away from it and, and have an easy coast to the end of that game. But Again, if Santa Barbara just gets hot, I mean, that's every basketball game. We could say that for every single game, right? Oh, well, if the team you're betting against is hot, you're going to lose. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. You're going to have games where the team you bet on gets hot, and you're going to have games where the team you bet against gets hot. It's about those middle picks where neither team's hot or neither team's distinguishably different in terms of their luck that you want to get a good position on. And I do think if we get one of those games, Baylor should figure out how to get those extra points per possessions and likely cover but no actual pick for me here on the friday slate not one of the ones i have on my card you and i thought of this morning and this might be complete noise or bs but i love thinking about these things they're playing in denver colorado well who is another big team playing in denver colorado that fans love to travel for and when i say big team i mean big basketball team the zags so the so the zags if you remember got bounced by the Baylor Bears in their championship game. And you wonder if they're going to come to this and cheer for UC Santa Barbara, giving Santa Barbara a little bit of warm court love. You have to, people have to remember that. Maybe. Yeah, People yeah. have to remember if, if fans are traveling for teams and Baylor's not the biggest school, everyone's rooting for the Cinderella, you know, in this situation. So just kind of crossed my mind, Justin. I don't know how much we should put into it, but I think it would be really fun to see uh, that that happen just based upon the competitiveness and the love for college basketball that we have. Um, yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see that on the sidelines. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I didn't get to the window just yet, and it's still at 11. Shot quality's got a little bit more than nine. So shot quality yeah. says lean Santa Barbara. Um, I think the first half under could hit. It's at 66 and a half. I, I think maybe you waited out a little bit. It's at 143 in the books, but um, it's because Baylor is such an offensive team. But Baylor slowed it down a little bit over the past three or four weeks, I've noticed. Um, uh, man, the gachos are live here. 
possibly. I, uh, Maybe you never know. Look, that's the beauty of basketball. Anyone can beat anyone. Yeah, but, yeah. and they're they're at three hundred twelve in average possession length. Uh, Santa Barbara's gonna be able to rebound the ball better on offense because Baylor gives up a ton of second chance points too. I'm 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 not there yet, but I, I could see myself having a little piece of Santa Barbara on Friday. We'll see how things are going for that game. Uh, next game, VCU versus St. Mary's. St. Mary's is minus four now. The total on this game is pretty low. Let me bring it back up here. Yep, yep. I, I've looked at this one a little bit. I think 123. Going on the over actually makes a little sense. So, you know, you're saying it's low. I think it's a few points low from, like, the perception of VCU. Both these teams are happy to score and, and move the ball. It might not be at the fastest possession rate, but it's going to be faster than probably what we're being uh, billed here uh, by the books. So I definitely lean over on that one. I don't. It's another one where I'm not actually playing anything on the game itself. I don't have a spread pick. Four and a half, four are out there. I like St. Mary's. I think VCU definitely has what it takes, but – the St. Mary's team feels like they're putting together something pretty cool. Um, VCU, the A-10 didn't even get another team invited. Like, VCU had to win their championship. Shot quality expected them to lose to Dayton in their championship. Hmm. So maybe got here on a little bit of a hot streak, could have a bad game following it. Uh, feels like a spot where I want St. Mary's, who is – Played tight with some pretty interesting teams out there in that WCC. I mean, you know, that was no schlub of a conference this season, right? And and so I think they're going to have the advantage in terms of the competition they've seen. So I'd roll St. Mary's and I'd feel a little bit better about the over than the side, but no official play. There. Well, you know, Chuck Quality does have it at four and a half, and they have yeah. it going over by about a point and a half from the 123. Yeah. 123 is getting stupid low. I can see some desperation. I can see some desperation by St. Mary's here at the end. I did tip play VCU at the five and a half, so I got some great line value on it. I just kind of saw it coming down. Um, you're right. The Atlantic 10 was not that great this year at all, but you can also say the same thing for St. Mary's the way they finished their season. You know, I mean, they kind of, you know, the BYU, eh, they, they took care of them, but Gonzaga kind of showed them who they really were. And St. Mary's, I love their coach. They're doing such a great job there. And I like, and I hope they keep, uh, you know, expanding and getting better and better over the years that, you know, I would love to see that. But um, I, I just think this could be a very close game, and that's why I liked VCU when I took it at the five and a half, and I would probably still like them a little bit at the four too, Justin. So little disagreements, okay? Yeah, no, it's definitely nothing wrong with it. We're, we, you know, we we're have to disagree a little, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be a good one. This is going to be probably a game that comes down to the last three or four minutes against the spread. I, I do think St. Mary's probably advances, but. VCU has some playmakers. They actually lead shot quality as a whole in terms of uh, shot selection. There's no better team on offensive shot selection than VCU. So, again, you got to beg. It begs the question: Who were they taking those shots against? Right? Are they going to be able to manufacture those same shots against the defense like St. Mary's? They were against the AC, the A10, which you know Loyola Chicago was terrible, and like what LaSalle is in that conference, and UMass, like the A10. Feels just like a, a a transfers starter conference, you know. Like 
I was seeing people talk about it today. Like it doesn't feel like a lot of people are going to end up, a lot of players are going to end up finishing their careers in an A10 type conference. And so, um, especially with the transfer portal and everything now, I just think that that's the type of stuff that leads to these teams not having the experience long-term, right? Um, I mean, this is a decently experienced group, but I don't know. I don't know. I think that they could definitely fall prey to the St. Mary's team. Should be a great game though. Uh, depends again, outside of the, someone getting red hot, I think St. Mary's can maybe get the advantage on a possession by possession basis. All right. Well, hopefully St. Mary's plays a little better away from home because they have been faltering a little bit away from home. VCU has been pretty good away from home thus far. Let's move on to the next game. And that is Vermont versus Marquette. Marquette is minus 11 total in this game. 143.5. This game is being played in Columbus, Ohio. You know, it's interesting. I looked at this one. I didn't make a play. Um, I, I think that both of these teams kind of like have a little bit of advantages when it comes to playing against the defense based on style and a few other things. Marquette's re- weakness is really rebounding the ball. They're 242nd on offense, 319th on defense and rebounds. Um, that could make a short tournament if you're missing your shots and you can't get the rebound. Um, the Catamounts tend to slow the pace down, and they're not good at defense either, uh, and that's why this total's a little higher. Uh, they shoot very well in the American East Conference, but that's a bad conference, Justin. You know that. It's not a, it's not a good conference. I mean, they, really, they really told us it's a bad conference this year with this seating, <laughs> right? I mean, I feel like especially Vermont and Colgate, got the same treatment of these rough matchups, even though they're perennial returners to the tournament, right? They always get here. They've given good fights, won some interesting games. Uh, you know, these teams are not un, untested in right. in March, um, but the committee really was like 15 for you, Colonial, or no, sorry, 15 for you, Patriot, and 15 for you, America East. And like basically, like you guys better be thinking your lucky stars are not playing a one seed is kind of what they're out here saying today. And I don't know if I agree. Uh, I think it's a big wake up call to some of these teams. I mean, we're seeing it with Colgate. Uh, love, you know, Shock Quality loves Colgate. It's where Shock Quality got its start. If you don't know the story, our founder uh, yeah. Simon is actually a Colgate student. Oh, um, oh me and so, Simon have had big discussions on this yeah. show about his Colgate days and how he became an assistant uh, doing analytics and all the and fun. we're here, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. Crazy. It's insane. Love it. But, you know, as much as we love Colgate, and they're actually my alma mater's rival, which is a hilarious story, but I went D3 to Hamilton College, just like 40 minutes away, kind of didn't like each other, but we're still on the same team now. And, and I just think Colgate... And, and a team like Vermont, they're kind of getting told, like, hey, you want to get taken seriously in this in this uh, tournament and not be slotted against one of the eight best teams every time you come to play? You might have to leave these terrible conferences where most of the teams are outside the top 300 in, in, in Division One. So, I don't know. Vermont still has a chance, right? Shock quality loves this play. Six and a half is what we make the line. Of course, it's sitting at ten and a half, which would put it right around the play. I grabbed it at eleven and a half when the line first came out. So I do believe we would recommend eleven, but ten and a half is just about where we'd say be careful. Uh, it's not like it's going to be the worst pick. We are all playing uh, for a pretty similar scenario of ten points, so you don't get a new loss condition. 
while you do get a loss condition. You don't change your win condition, right, is the important part. So 10 and a half, we're just playing for that double digit or less margin. I think Vermont has what it takes. Of course, you know, talk about VCU, talk about the run they made with Shaka Smart, who now hasn't like won a tournament game since seven straight losses. So uh, I think that's so an bad. interesting place. And, and you know, the team might be worried. They might be sitting there concerned about how it's going to go. Are they going to get unlucky? And I don't know. I like points when that starts to swirl, right? Because, you know, the coach just wants to win. The coach doesn't care about a 10-point win, and, and it might end up being nine. So I like the points. I know it's one of the sharper plays. I've seen a lot of smart guys on it. So we're grabbing the 11.5. Still like the 10.5 as well. You know, Vermont, their ribbon three-weight, says that they're going to yeah. have some success there here on shot quality. And I, yep. I, I like that. Now Marquette will, will as well. I'm not going to be like trying to dive to the under here. I think shot quality has got it very close to the total in this game as it is. It's almost like they made the line from this, but uh, not from a side perspective because Vermont, you're right. But a lot of great points, seven in a row. That guy's, that's got to be in the team's head. It's not like the team doesn't hear this listening to this radio in local uh, obviously in Milwaukee, you know, this team's hearing the same things and that could make them a little bit more nervous here. Funny. You mentioned Colgate. I actually like them a little bit against Texas at the, I took it at the 15 and uh, Colgate's uh, a very good team. And you made it the greatest point. These teams got to get the hell out of these conferences and move to something. They don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, the go to the Lang 10 or something. Point. Yeah. Go to the Missouri yeah. Valley, Lang 10, something like that, you know? Seriously, I mean, you know, I, it's tough. I know it's tough for, like, Colgate. There's not much around. I mean, New York, just college sports. It, we, I was talking about it with a couple of buddies over the weekend. It's like, up here, we don't do college sports. It's like, it's a shame, you know? It's not like we have a lot of great schools. Rutgers is like the little brother. And, I mean, if you're in New York, you're not rooting for a New Jersey team anyway. So, like, what? Everyone in New York is rooting for Fordham and, and Iona. And, Syracuse, and like, I guess. <laughs> Syracuse, even then, it's like so upstate. It's like not really a team that yeah. people in the tri-state area really get behind. There's no like Saturday college football parties around here. Everybody gets together on Sundays uh, for pro football. So um, no, I don't know. I think I think it'd be interesting for Colgate to push into some you know bigger schools. It's it's not easy, of course. They definitely like sitting there, getting their chances to go to the tournament. Uh, they get recruits that way because they're like, hey, you come here, you're going to get a chance. We're going to run the table in the Patriot um, and, and you can go play in the big dance and then, I don't know, maybe transfer out. Who knows? Uh, I think they have some good players that could end up in some interesting spots. But, yeah, man, uh, it's a tough it's a tough ask of a program like Colgate, who's doing pretty well, but wouldn't be shocked in the next 10 years. if They have real aspirations and, and they are definitely a sports focused school. So. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, Vermont a little different, though. I feel like Vermont's probably chilling. <laughs> They're happy in the America East. <laughs> they, they, maybe so. Well, that, not as much travel. Uh, NC State mm. versus Creighton. Creighton's minus five. A little juice to that now on the Bet Fred odd screen. The total of this one's a big one as well at the uh, 148.5. So I did make a play. On this one, Justin, I'll throw myself out there to the dogs. See if you're gonna like me or destroy me. Uh, I, <laughs> NC State, man, ugh, they are just so un untrustworthy. 
yeah. inconsistent. You know, you can just throw out all the names. I, I mean, you beat Duke and Miami. You lose to Clemson three times and Syracuse, a bad Syracuse team, just That's bringing them up again. I, they're tough for me to read. I like DJ Burns. He's just a big, massive dude out there, you know, making a couple moves and a couple hook shots here and there, but he don't play no defense, and I don't think the team is interested in defense, and that's where I think Creighton's going to have a massive advantage down low with Kalkbrenner. Um, I think he should be able to score at will. Um, Trey Alexander mm-hmm. shoots over 44% from three, while two other guys on Creighton shoot 36% from three. I think Creighton wins this game with margin, and they don't look back. I think that loss in the Big 12 tournament, or sorry, the Big East tournament, you know, gets them a little fired up for this game, and they put NC State where they belong. I took the five. Uh, it's probably going to five and a half. I would still take them at five and a half for less. I like them at five at, with, for two stars, Justin. Yeah, I, I I get it. I do. I think it's a it's a tough one for me. I think Creighton's probably the right. Ooh, moved my whole setup. I think Creighton's the uh, the right pick in like the bracket. I do think they advance. I, I know it's tough. There's been a lot of like preseason hopes on this team. They were like one of the teams people were picking to go the whole way before they even saw an ounce of basketball played. Uh, you know, I tend to think that those teams, even if they have down years, like people saw so much on paper like that, these games are exactly where that has a real potential to come out, right? Because you're playing in such a vacuum. It's a one game win all. The teams are not sitting there gassed, dealing with injuries. Like they know who their options are. The coaches know their rotations that they're going to use. You're not dealing with like in-season fatigue, highs and lows of playing rival opponents on the road away travel all that stuff is part of like what makes college basketball crazy and and hard to take what's on the paper preseason into real life so now you get to a much more controlled environment for these teams where it's just one game so i think you tend to get back to what people were seeing in the beginning of everything when you know you take out all those external factors you have a healthy ryan kalkbrenner um, you know, you have the guard play, you have the three point shooting. I tend to lean Creighton as well. Uh, NC State, everyone, the only concern, my only concern is that, like, I'm gonna, if I just go off my gut, man, I'm gonna end up picking against like every ACC team against Duke. <laughs> and I feel like everyone's gonna do that. Yeah, me too. So, like, yeah. It just feels like we're probably getting terrible lines fading ACC teams. It just, uh, <laughs> in a general sense, I think the ACC is better in general but i also have massive problems with virginia's matchup yeah yeah Uh, and they're hurt too uh, yeah they are they're very hurt um i mean how many acc teams are even in this you have nc state Uh, you have duke virginia uh who else uh miami Miami. yeah miami so i kind of a little bit more of a believer in miami i guess than it's got to get out of that game tonight though yeah they do yeah that's gonna be tough yeah um, so let's move on to something that might have to do a little more with New York in this conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask you, how hey. much does this committee hate Rick Pitino? 
<laughs> oh man, they want him out of Iona, clearly. Um, I mean, uh, UConn is minus nine and a half. They put him against the best four seed, hands down, in UConn. Uh, and this is played in Albany, New York, man. In spite, they said, they said the same thing to him. They said, you know, do something real, dude. Don't go to the MAAC and and run the. I mean, they could barely run the table. They almost got beat by Niagara. It felt yeah. like there for a yeah. hot minute. Niagara tied the game in the second half of that final uh, or the semifinal and then and even Marist gave him a little bit of run in in this in the final and Marist looked like one of the worst teams in the country at points this season so like I don't know man I think Connecticut can blow by this team they are missing some players of course still that the weren't healthy all season Nelly Jr. Joseph and and Walter Clayton Jr. are great players and and Dennis Jack Jenkins has like some of the best quickness I've seen, but you know, that's just not going to compare to the depth and the size that this UConn team is going to bring. They are the fifth rated team in our shot quality ratings. They have been really high in our ratings the entire season, uh, mostly because a lot of their losses that sort of helped the market sort of lose, I guess, faith in this Connecticut team were seen as shot quality wins. And a lot of their bad losses were actually really close games. And a lot of their smaller games were actually really expected to be bigger. So that's exactly where shock quality comes in and says, this team is better than you think. Um, and Connecticut, we, we would have put them on the two line if we got to choose the bracket. I so, would have put them on uh, the two line as well. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a pretty tough spot. <laughs> I to say the least for Iona. I don't, I don't see them getting out of it. Maybe they cover on some late game craziness. If, if, if Clayton can, yeah, if you can just get hot, they have a chance to cover. But winning would be – I mean, I, I would be so upset I didn't go to Albany. I'll tell you that much if they win. That's going to – you know, because I'm a Westchester kid. Like, that's that's the team I have. Like, I grew up, like, 35 minutes from New Rochelle. So, uh, I hope they do it, but I, I just don't see it happen. I mean, I took the under, and shot quality mm-hmm. agrees with me, at least on that. Yeah. Um, I, here's the thing. I am also worried about UConn in tournaments because some, for some reason they just have not be getting it done in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year. There was a, they were kind of a sweetheart pick ranking 20th in the nation or something. They lost to New Mexico mm-hmm. state, the very first team. And that was practically a home game. I thought, I thought that was like in the Northeast somewhere. I think it was Vermont or something where they played last year. Yeah. Losing at New Mexico state head scratcher in 2021, they were ranked about the same and they lost to Maryland. You know, it's like they're almost kind of got the shock. It's shock of smart uh, issues going on. No mm-hmm. tournament in 2020, and uh, they lost in the second round of the American Athletic Conference tournament back in 2019 uh, to Houston. So, yeah, it's one of those situations where Dan Hurley, man, something's got to give. But uh, if it wasn't for that, I'd be all over UConn. And I think UConn's just going to swarm the hell out of Iona. Iona's never going to see a defense like this. And it's going to force this thing under. And uh, 143. defense like this since their non-conference schedule. And it's just like... Ah, man, it's just going to be tough for them. I, I'm I'm a little un, unhappy that it's so bad, but, like, what are you going to do coming out of the MAAC? Like, you should just be happy that they gave you a 13. Like that, yeah. that might be an overseeding for them, honestly. So oh, there, yeah, you, there you go, because others got 15 seeds, you know. And right. They, and they get... should, I feel like they could have easily been a 14. So uh, they should thank the lucky stars that they're, you know, not facing – a much better team. They could have easily been going up 
against, you know, what, something like Texas, a Xavier or, or even, I don't know. I feel like they might have found better matchups on that line. Kansas State seems like kind of more beatable than Connecticut. So they might have actually gotten hurt. I mean, Gonzaga might be more beatable than Connecticut at this point based on how these teams play. I mean, I know Drew Timmy would cause major problems, but I don't know. It's interesting to see how some of these like missed seedings it were my opinion, of course, one opinion, but yeah. they create some interesting, some interesting effects. Yeah, it's uh, maybe it was misseeded on both sides. They, they shouldn't have been a thirteen; they should have been a fifteen. But you guys yeah. should have been a two, and they should have been facing each other anyway. So, great points on that. Let's go to Providence versus Kentucky. Kentucky minus four total is one forty-five. Uh, what's funny about this game? It's it, it, it's in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. I. I Kentucky's another one of those teams that has burned my tickets. You know, I think I was on them during their little losing streak, and I got pissed, and I started fading them, and they started winning. It's just one of those that got me both ways. Then they start losing again, and they're all over the. Then they lose to Vanderbilt without Liam Robbins. Yeah, you're like, what the heck is going on? Inconsistency with Kentucky, yet you have Providence with Ed Cooley, who doesn't play a ton of defense this year, and I love Cooley. I think he's a great coach, but man, yep. they can get lax at Davis Cole on defense too. I mean, I think that I would probably dive to the first half under here and I'll probably lean it, but that's all I got for this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. I, I kind of agree with you on the under. Um, ah, man, it's a tough, it's, it, it, I, my number is probably three and a half Kentucky. So I'm pretty, yeah, I think I laid the three with Kentucky um, when it came out. Okay. But, you know, and, and so some nice value on it. I think probably that's what I saw was the line felt a little small. Yeah, shot quality's uh, you know, got it at about the, seven, actually. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like what, at this point of the year, especially, like beating lines is really like the name of the game. Um, because, and I don't know if you agree, I would assume you would, but like these games are so crazy that like you you can't sit there and say that you know for sure a play is going to win. So your best chance of being profitable is to beat the close um, and have the right line against other gamblers, against the books, however you want to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my Kentucky minus three. Providence has been one of these teams that just continues to outperform. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think it really is Ed Cooley. Uh, I think this man is one of the better coaches we've seen recently. He knows how to get the most out of his players. He's one of the reasons they were one of the luckiest teams out there last year that everyone just couldn't stop talking about one, the coach of the year for good reason. Um, and, and look, he doesn't have the size anymore that he did last year with some of those interior players, but they're still going to give Kentucky a good run for their money. But I don't know. It's just one of those scenarios where like, you know, on paper, the talent for, uh, for Kentucky should just get it done. Right. So, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I I, I like Providence. I, I have some friends who go there, so I'm sure they're all hoping I'm as wrong as it gets. But I got Kentucky advancing, and I think they probably end up doing it by more than three points. All right. Well, there you go. Fair enough. Let's move on to the next game. Drake versus Miami. Miami minus Ooh. two, total 146.5. You're from New York. I hate the Drake as well, George Costanza. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of hated him on this game. Now I am concerned about Miami's best big man in North Chad O'Meara. Uh, and I'm not sure. I think he's going to play. I mean, he, he, they say he's walking, right? And if you're an NCAA tournament guy, you're probably going to play, but here's the, I always, I always like to be on teams that everybody fades for an injury because it almost rallies the rest of them. Just, and they start just playing a lot better just for that one game bump. And then the next game is where they kind of tank. 
So I, I don't trust Miami laying points. I did take a money line play on them, minus, laying minus 130. Uh, shot quality has Miami winning this by 1.7 points anyway. Um, Miami's backport's just ve- backcourt's very good. And I'm kind of like you here yeah. saying oh. that the ACC is a little underrated now. It's funny. This conference used to be overrated to me. This They're underrated this year. Um, well, because everyone thinks they're terrible, so it's it's a lot easier for them to be underrated, right? Like, yes, if they, you know, it's it's a little different. But uh, no, I mean, I'll, I'll do my best, Jerry Seinfeld, for you here. I, I I'm actually I don't think I can actually do it on camera. I love the Drake. Uh, there you go. Hey, that was okay, Justin. We might have to, you know. All right, look, I, I sit in New York. We got to have our Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> imitations ready to go. Um, but yeah, no, I think Drake's an interesting play here. This is the upset that shot quality likes the most. If you want to get into those five twelves, this is the one that SQ is going to say has the most legs to get there. We're not going to sit there and say that they're going to do it, but we do make it really tight. Um, one and a half points, really not that much of a difference at all. Drake has the experience for sure. This team is old, man. They got some 25 year olds playing on this team and like, (laughs) I'm not even kidding. They have like those COVID seniors. And I think it's an important aspect here that, you know, experience tends to do well in this tournament. So don't count out Drake. Uh, these these guys are not going to be out of it. They have the size. Um, they have, you know, the guard play is not going to be the same, but I think they will have an advantage on the interior a little bit. And that could change things up for Miami. I'm sure that Miami is not going into this thinking it's a given uh, this is one of the more under-seeded 12s for sure. Um, you know, they they beat Bradley's butt, man. And Bradley was a good school this year. So if Drake brings that type of energy as they did in the uh, final for the Missouri Valley Conference, watch out. Watch out. This Drake team could do it. <laughs> Very possible. Um, I, I have to be on one ACC team <laughs> coming into here, and Miami's my team. You know, I mean, shot quality, all sure. adjusted shot quality has got them at 47th and Drake at yeah. 120. No, they're, they're very good. And Drake's at 124th. I mean, I mean, that's a big distance for two points, in my opinion. And of course, you can break it down by the spacing, the shot selection and stuff like that. And I'm sure I'm sure a lot of that's relevant. But one thing that Miami has faced in the ACC is big men, you know, so they, they they've dealt with it before. And uh, it's not like they're it's anything new that they're going to see with Drake here and uh yeah. Miami made a good run last year. I think they can at least get by Drake here. So I yep. laid the no, I like this team. money line. Let's go on the next one. We have Grand Canyon versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga minus 16, total 156.5. And, you know, I'm kind of a GCU fan, a little bit closet here in Arizona. Um, I, I, I They made a nice little run and surprised some people because, you know, they've been here before, but I thought it wasn't their year. But they kind of got their heads out of their you-know-whats and started scoring and shooting three better. But these two teams have a lot of momentum coming into this tournament. But I think the safest play is Gonzaga's team total over 84 points. Um, I'm probably going with that because I this is a big spread. Gonzaga could lay down a little bit at the end if they need it. But um, this team hasn't scored less than that except – when they played St. Mary's, and that's the team that really slows it down. GCU is not going to slow it down like that. They'll probably first try to, but they're not going to slow it down. They're going to have to. Pay. No, no, they they shoot away, man. They they hit an ungodly amount of threes in that conference tournament. That was a fun one. Yeah, you know that was that was a fun conference tournament there. Southern Utah put up a good fight, but you just can't stop. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pull it up. You can't stop a team 
I think they literally were shooting over 50% for the entirety of that tournament. Uh, yeah, in, in this game here, I don't even know if it's up, but right, they shot 13 of 20 from deep in the championship game against Southern Utah. Wow. 65% from deep. So they're not messing around. I just, I feel like the problem is, is like there's no way they can keep that up against a team like Gonzaga. Their last three games, be- 67% <laughs> effective field goal. Jesus. That's on, like, I just don't, uh, it's I don't know. Unsustainable. I don't know how you see that. Right. And don't say this is unsustainable. You're walking into a, a very, very different style of competition, very different style of game. You played what? Uh, Southern Utah and you played, uh, they beat that really strong Sam Houston State team that people thought was going to be in this position, but they also handled Seattle. They won three games in a row, just shooting the lights out, put up almost 80 points in all of them. They are not getting to 80 here. Um, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Gonzaga is going to be the one who's shooting the lights out. They haven't seen this type of competition before. Uh, their non conference games were okay. You know, they played Montana State, they played Nevada, two other tournament teams, but they ended up, you know, kind of playing some eh, not great teams. A good performance was 60, was a two-point loss, 60 to 58 to North Texas, Northern Texas. Um, But, yeah, the offense is just going to be the problem. They're not going to be able to handle the Gonzaga offense. So I laid the 14-and-a-half. I trust the 15-and-a-half, too. I think they they have a chance to get this thing plus outside 20 um, right. or, or it could be five, like, you know, but like at the end of the day, the way that I sort of see like the distribution curve, more of it is coming on the side of a big Gonzaga win. I just, I like the one half too. I think they just come out and run and gun and Grand Canyon will try to hit some of those threes and it's going to be long rebounds into transition opportunities because Gonzaga is going to pull down the boards and they're going to run and Drew Timmy finishing and it could get messy. I think it could. I think this one gets messy. Yeah, I, I got definitely. So kind of some agreement. I got the team total over. You got the spread. So uh, yeah, I think sir. that's going to happen. I'd see Gonzaga is uh, number three in second chance points. Uh, they have they're great in transition, as you know. It's it's completely two different classes playing each other here. So agreement on both sides. Let's move to the next game here. I, this is the maybe the toughest eight nine matchup in the whole thing with FAU going against memphis uh, memphis fresh uh, yeah for memphis fresh off a of victory memphis not getting a ton of respect from that victory being only minus two with a total of 153 on betfred odds played in columbus ohio man I, this is I, I made a play on it i i mm. i, I, I kind of you know paused a little bit but then i reaffirmed it um I, i'll go I, I think that memphis should have the three-point shooting advantage as well from near the rim. FAU is actually a pretty short team. They have good yeah, they, are. they have good guard play, but if their big center, Vlad Golden, gets in foul trouble, it's over. I don't see how they can stop Memphis here. I'm a little concerned the Tigers' turnovers, you know, they, they do get a little sloppy, and there's a trend Kyle Hunter talked about that, uh, teams that turn the ball over and that are favorites do not bode well in the tournament. But um, I think they've also cleaned it up since midseason. And yeah. uh, FAU is in a terrible basketball conference in Conference USA. I think they're very overrated from a lot of the efficiency sites. Uh, shot quality yeah. has it a four-point spread anyway. I'm laying the points yeah. minus two, and that's one of my larger plays for three stars. 
Love it. Love it. Yeah, I actually grabbed that one and a half. I literally played right after the lines came out on Sunday night. So I've gotten some favorable movement. I have some picks that obviously have gone the other way on. But I think most of those are Thursday as of now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Kendrick Davis is one of my favorite guards in division one right now. Um, what I, what I've seen out of FAU, I mean, obviously the offense is really spectacular, but the, the defense just, they did okay for conference USA standards, but I'm, I'm not really excited about a team that looks like they just had teams shoot terribly against them. Um, you know, they, as you said, they are one of the shortest teams in the country, their average height is 76 inches, uh, which is, you know, 77.1 is the average. Puts them at 329th. Uh, pretty, pretty small. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not going to get any uh, extra love on that from, you know, Memphis, who isn't too much bigger. But the thing is, is that, like, Kendrick Davis is, like, one of the best players in the country. DeAndre Williams is, is, has the size inside and is one of their better contributors um, what really kind of stands out to me is that, you know, they have just good shooters almost everywhere. Guys who sort of know their roles, participate well. I mean, you know, they have what, uh, Keontae Kennedy, who's just like one of the better free, th- uh, three point shooters as well. So it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. I think, you know, what we end up seeing for them is a Kendrick Davis led attack. He's just, uh, uh, he just gets the ball in his hands almost every other possession. It feels like he takes most of their shots, and he's just super efficient from the assist position as well. Uh, one of the best assist rates in the country. So they just got to figure out how to shut him down. But I don't know if they've seen a player at this caliber at the guard at like the point guard position. And Jelly Walker is great. Don't get me wrong. And they handled uh, they handled UAB well, but it's just a different style of what they're going to run into. And this is actually old uh, Conference USA foes, right? Memphis used to be in Conference USA. So there's some interesting history here. Um, We'll see how it ends up going for Memphis. But Penny Hardaway coaching, you know, the best I think he's maybe ever coached. He's been there for over five years now, right? He joined – this is his fifth season. He joined in 2019. Um, But, yeah, we'll we'll see how this one goes. I lean lean definitely towards – Memphis. Memphis, yeah, we both played Memphis. Uh, yeah, you guys, ten years ago, they were in the in Conference USA. So okay. it's been a while since they've they've met up, but still, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. I don't even know if FAU was in the conference at that point. I don't think they were. Well, Memphis, um, you know, Memphis won in, won the NIT in two thousand twenty one, right. and that was pretty impressive. Yeah. So that's that was with Hardaway. I mean, they did get by Boise State last year, and they ran into Gonzaga, and that was a four-point game. I was on Memphis in that game last year, and I was like one of the few. I was like, mm, uh, yep, it's this is there for real, and some of the same players here. Um, I Yeah, DeAndre Williams was on that team for sure. It, it's, a, it's, it's a solid Memphis team, and they, they should take care of it. Penny Hardaway gives me a little reservation. I just their turnovers do a little bit, and maybe because they beat Houston, but this is uh, definitely a, a, a large play for me. Let's move on to the next game. We have Montana State versus K-State. K-State minus 8.5, total 139. This is in Greensboro, North Carolina here. I'm going to pull up the shot quality, um, and I do, I do have a, a, a little bit of a derivative play on this one, my friend. I 
am going with Montana State with the first half, okay? And there's reasons why. I think I think Kansas State is a little bit overseeded. Um, I, I don't think they're a real three seed. I, I think they're more of a five or six seed, which is still good in my opinion. But I, I was very surprised to see Kansas State there. They're sloppy with the ball, ranking 299th in turnover percent. They only rank 124th in effective field goal percent. Now, Jerome Tang's been a fantastic coach, and he's shocked the world that this team did not finish last. Everyone was predicting them to finish last. Yeah, they almost got the actual regular season title, and I took a one hundred to one future oh, on that. Of course, and they almost did it too. That I at least look, I had a nice leverage spot because you know they had to, they had some, you know, there were some scenarios where it was either all right, this happens, or they could win. So I was just able to bet into those scenarios, but and I did okay. Came away with like a ten to one win, which we're not going to be mad about. Off, you know, I had a chance to go for forty if they actually did it, but. Um, no, it's it's an interesting spot here. I, I honestly like Montana State too a lot, and I really think for for Jerome Tang, this is a game where he wants to get out of this matchup alive. Yeah, and, yeah. and when you're getting points in that type of scenario, you want. And Montana State is one of these teams that if they get hot, they could be the Cinderella. Let me tell you right now, this 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 team could they could they have the size, they have the shooting. Um, if if they match up properly, if they run their offense properly around some of the stronger guard play that te- that wow that Kansas State has I mean look they're gonna have a challenge with another one of the better guards in the country in Noel but uh this is gonna be a little tighter I like I like the points there too well in the in when it comes to the amount of free throws per field goal attempts they're fifth in the nation yeah. so they're going to draw some early fouls probably get them up in the air and jump into them they're going to get two fouls early and then have to exit and wait a little bit. Yep. The funny thing about the first half line, it was at five, and the total is at uh, eight. You know, and so I was scratching my head a little bit. I'm like, "Wow, I'll take a five. I had to pay minus one fifteen, but I had no problem doing that. I mean, I think there it's only a, a six or seven point spread on shot quality for the whole game. Um, I think, yeah, they're just their free throw weight has been fantastic uh it's also fifth on shot quality if you can see right here fifth on shot quality while on defense that's not good they're fouling you know so a money line sprinkle on this ain't a bad idea around the plus 220 range for montana state in that first half so that's what we're rolling with today justin i love it i love it yeah i'm with you i think this is the right way to uh end up we are friday this is a nice pick uh, it should be a fun game at the end of the night. I think we're going to be in for a treat. Both these teams can score. So, yeah, I, I like the points. I think I grabbed eight and a half, but I don't really – I think maybe even nine and a half. I saw some people getting ten. But, yeah, any – I think first half's a really nice way to play this. Second half feels like it could be a little bit more crazy. And if there's going to be an area where t- uh, Kansas State pulls away, it's going to be later in that game. Yeah, for sure. All right, good stuff. Let's move on to the final game. Kent State versus Indiana. Indiana is minus four and a half. Total 140.5 in Albany, New York. You know, if you ask me. Oh, if, baby. If you ask me before the season what this spread should be, I would be like, ah, oh, 15, 20. <laughs> you know? But here we are. Indiana's just a little inconsistent themselves. Kent State is kind of a public darling right now, in my opinion. There's a lot of people. I think on Kent State here now, whether it's right or wrong is always up for debate. Kind of curious where you're lining this one. 
uh, 59% of the bets are on Kent State, but only 56% of the money. So a little bit more of a sharper side on Indiana. But this is, of course, after it's dipped. So we'll see what happens. What are your thoughts on this one? I got to lay it with Indiana, man. I know this is like one of the most popular upsets with Kent State. Uh, we got Indiana pretty handily for shot quality. I tend to agree. Um, I just don't know if they the, – the Mac. <laughs> I know people are down on the Big Ten, uh, but this this team can find options in, in Hood Shafino, in Jackson Davis, that this Kent State defense is just not going to be used to seeing. Yeah, 11 and a half. That's pretty <laughs> sizable. That's no joke from the shot quality bets model here. I mean, I'm pretty with it. I think the matchup is not great. You think about what this Kent State team is built to do. They're going to limit you from the most valuable shots. Well, you want to know who's really good at mid-range and post moves? Indiana. Um, you know, who Trace can, like, Stacks and Davis, man. Right. Manufacture mid-range jump shots that you're just like, what? Or, or like little post baby hooks that you're like, how? Or, or literally things that are going to make you say, like, they're not going to win that shot quality. But and it's true, right? They beat Purdue twice, lost both shot quality games, right? So this team can beat their expectation, and their expectation is to keep this one close. I'm not buying it. I think this one is, you know, an Indiana team that is ready to make a run, that has been talked down on, that has heard everything this season. I mean, even shot quality is pretty low, and I'm only around the 50th team in our ratings who finished the season ranked. So, but you know what? This still isn't nearly the type of test that could lead to them staying in like double digits on um, average, as important on average. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like playing the points here. Uh, take Indiana to get it done. I mean, I know a lot of sharp people who have Indiana going far. They're worried about this game. You got to be worried about every game. But if you, you know, stick these players in a vacuum and have them play uh, 10,000 games, I think Indiana wins the majority of them by by eight to ten points yeah indiana's due for another win that's how they are they win one lose one win one lose one. they're like the they're like the pro golfer at your local golf course that can't be in the pga because he can't do four games in a row but he can do a really good first day you know that, that that's kind of how indiana is to me you know they'll just uh, come up but they they're not consistent enough to go through a tournament but they are consistent and easy enough to win that big first game and being at a four, four and a half point spread is a little disrespectful. If I was uh, those kids kind of coming in, this was preseason, the best team in the big 10. They did have some injury woes, obviously losing Xavier Johnson earlier, uh, uh, CJ gun, Geronimo. He's kind of out and in, but they still have enough guns. Like you said, uh, with some of their star players to uh, win like hood Shafino and, of course, Trace Jackson Davis is uh, one of the better centers in the whole. Uh, some some sites have him ranked three, so there you go. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm just I'm just wondering if I'm going to get a better number. Maybe maybe it's just going to force it yeah. down to four or something. So this is kind of where the public could influence a little bit more than just the sharp money, um, similar to Super Bowls and stuff like that. Uh, the first day, of course, you know, people are going to be doing some dog parlays and stuff like yes. that. So that's uh, keep you that know. keep that in mind. Be <laughs> responsible and keep it in mind. But yes, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's. I don't think we're going to see too much movement, honestly, at this point. 
Um, but it, I think the odds are pretty set. Maybe, maybe a little as people get into like Wednesday night, you might see some movement, but I'm thinking we're pretty set on lines. I think I really like my plays feeling good. Just got to figure out who the heck's going to win my bracket. All right, my man. Well, we just covered all the Friday games minus the play in game yet, because we don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, anything else out there maybe for tonight or tomorrow or Thursday that, uh, you kind of really liked. Yeah, you know, uh, the shot quality team really likes Mississippi State tonight. Um, we did catch it. I think there was a book error, honestly, like right after Selection Sunday. Like I'm pretty sure DraftKings accidentally hung a plus two that I was able to get some money down on before they flipped it to a minus two. Um, but we still like that game tonight. Um, Texas Southern, another team shot quality likes a lot. So, And then also Arizona State, if you want another first four matchup, but yeah, we have Mississippi State getting this done. Look, Mississippi State, you see that big glaring red mark on the leftmost <laughs> column here? That's shot making, man. They have not made their shots. But if they do, they're not losing this game. That's what it's, If this team shoots like above 35% from the field tonight, I guarantee you they don't lose. There's, there's no way this is some barn burner over. Um, you know, maybe the only, if you like overs, take Pittsburgh to score a lot. Mississippi State doesn't score a lot because they just don't shoot well. So they make great shots and they give themselves chances to make shots at a good rate because they take good looks. But tough sell. The plus two was too good to be true. I think Mississippi State on the money line now is a little bit better than the minus two. I think they do make it through. Pittsburgh has been one of these teams that I've gotten flamed all year from betting against and saying is lucky. But I stick to my guns, and I think they've been lucky, and I think I'm going to bet against them. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Pittsburgh Panthers, obviously one of the most storied runs in the ACC this year, but I think that just speaks to how weak that conference was. So we'll see how it goes. I, I definitely like Texas Southern a lot, though. One of we, we called that team to win the SWAC before the tournament started, and they were the eighth seed. So we're going to stay on Texas Southern. They've done well for us, and, and hopefully a SWAC team makes it through the play-in. I also bet Texas Southern. Um, Let's go. Their opponent is terrible, and they don't even belong in the yes. NCAA tournament, losing to Merrimack. Yes, and yes. I, I took, yeah. I took ASU as well. Well, Mer- they well, wasn't it that Merrimack's ineligible, right? Yes, so, yes, they were ineligible. Yeah. So, which is BS. So, I hate that rule. And we saw Bell Armand did not exactly do well last year in this spot. So, yeah, yeah, I think this is like a little bit of a fraudulent team. Take Texas Southern deserves to be here. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about bad conferences? The NEC. Right up there with that America East. Like these 16 seed conferences are bad, but you know what? The SWAC can play. We saw it, man. Teams like Power Five schools, Power Six schools went to SWAC arenas this year and lost. So don't sleep on the SWAC. Texas Southern can get this done. I really like them tonight. They beat ASU. Uh, <laughs> they did. Exactly. And didn't like Colorado go to like Jackson State or something and lose yeah, too? Or yeah, I don't even know. Something like that. But, um, but yeah. crazy, crazy. But hey. Thanks for having me. Really love breaking down the Friday games. Uh, Hopefully you have a great tournament. Where could all of our listeners and viewers get your great information? Well, you see the Twitter right here. Justin Perry 8. Definitely give me a follow over there. Putting stuff out all the time. My picks, I actually use Action App to log it. Same name if you want to just follow those picks along. Uh, But the really good stuff, honestly, is at shockqualitybets.com slash marchmadness. Sign up with your email and you get access to that bracket builder. Create your own simulated bracket by changing sliders on shock quality, uh, you know, parameters. It's a really, really great tool. Highly recommend it. You also get our value bracket and then members get 
of course, plays for every single game, emailed straight to you twice a day. Uh, so should be should be a fun tournament with all that in our pockets. Justin, always a pleasure having you on. Love your insights. Glad we line up on 90-some percent of these games. Yes, sir. Let's uh, go. Always a good thing. I'm so excited for March Madness. Enjoy the heck of the Thank games. You. I'm going to be tweeting at you. And like I said, everyone, make sure you follow Justin Perry on Shot Quality. Had a blast, Justin. Hey, me too, man. Thanks for having me, and I'll see you next time. A huge thanks to Justin Perry from Shot Quality Bets, and a huge thanks to you for watching and listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at The Odds Breakers. We might run them on air. You can always join us live on our YouTube channel. Enjoy all the games this week. Enjoy the tournament, and go get some winners. <laughs>